Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women who are unafraid to age out loud. Beauties, we have a super fun show today. I'm joined by New York stylist Allison Brune, who's going to help us get into all the things, like how to open your closet and find clothes that you love and feel great in every time, how to build a core wardrobe that works for you, not against you, how to dress for Zoom, the weird new world of remote and hybrid work, navigating seasonal transitions when you literally have no idea what to wear while the seasons waffle back and forth between hot, cold, hot, cold, how to be fierce, fabulous, fashionable at any and every age. Allison is a total pro. She is a national style and image consultant with clients across the country. She studied at the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York and holds a color certification from the Image Resource Center of New York. She is a member of the Association of Image Consultants International, and she is incredibly chic and stylish. I'm so thrilled to be spending time with her today. Welcome, Allison. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. I know we went back and forth a lot to land on the on the date because it was a little tricky, but we're doing it now. And my very first question is some stage setting. How did you get started as a stylist and what made you team up with somebody very special to launch the style that binds us, your media platform? Well, I actually started my business at age 50. I was living in Alabama and I took an image certification program at FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City, and uh, hung up my shingle. Started working as a personal stylist, and my daughter was on the buying team at Barney's in New York, and she would say, we met with a great brand. I think your clients would, uh, maybe it would resonate with them. So I would come to New York, meet the brand, fall in love with the story behind the brand, share it with my clients around the country and they would get all excited about fashion again and we were helping these brands so it's really exciting and then at some point Delia really wanted Delia's my daughter she really wanted to get into more than just buying she wanted to have a podcast and we eventually had a YouTube channel and all these different things specifically on her end to get the word out about these special brands that she loved. And for me on my end, I wanted to introduce the brands and my clients to each other. And, um, you know, it was just a big joy-filled um, beginning. And it took me a while to decide to do it because I didn't want to do a mommy and me business. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. There's literally nothing wrong with that, but I didn't want to be like the mascot. Here's my mom. You know, I really took what I do for a living seriously. And um, finally, I, I gave in when I realized the reach that we would have. We could speak to so many more people and help so many more people. And, um, you know, I I also was hesitant in the beginning about uh, putting like my photo on social media or being on YouTube or, you know, I definitely put my foot down about doing TikTok and then, you know, the next week, next week I'm on TikTok. So that's hysterical. Uh, well, I think that's I'm part not- of the charm and the appeal of your brand that it really is. And, uh, you know, I hear what you're saying about like the mother daughter thing, but it's it's super cool to see 
how both of you interpret um, fashion through the lens of your own particular style and, you know, sort of where you are in your, like, your life chronologically, right? Because, you know, you're both be wearing jeans, but maybe you've got it with, like, a blazer and she's wearing it with, like, cute sneakers. And it's just, to me, it's really interesting. I've got a 23-year-old daughter. We shop in each other's closets, but, you know, I can't wear some of the stuff that she's wearing and she's got no interest in some of the things that I'm wearing. But I think it's super fun to see you two in action together. Well, thank you. It is. That's what I realized. For example, this is how Allison wears it. This is how Delia wears it. And Delia is a much uh, she's a more romantic dresser. And I am more sort of menswear for women, kind of tailored aesthetic. And so someone her age might, you know, I'm, my style might resonate with them and vice versa with Delia. So it's age. It's also different style aesthetics and and things like that. And it is also mother daughter. You know, you all mothers understand and all daughters understand when, you know, Delia's like, you have to talk about aging now. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about aging. No one who's aging wants to talk about aging. But (laughs) I don't know if that's actually true, Allison, because this podcast talks a lot about aging. (laughs) Right. A lot of people talk a lot about it, but they don't want to talk, talk about use themselves as an example. But this was about, you know, I don't know, eight years ago. And finally, I came to her one day and I was like, you know. I think I want to talk about aging because I work with women in their closets all day long. And I hear all day long back when, you know, oh, I used to be, oh, all these things. And I thought you still are, it's still in there and you have all this time left. So don't let it go. You know, don't let it pass you by. So then I've got really passionate about it. And now I try everything. Anyone wants to send me any kind of product Today, I was trying all this different shapewear and things like that because my whole goal is it is entertaining, but it is an inspirational, but it's mainly getting information out there because somehow along the way, women have gotten the short end of the stick on that. You know, everything from uh, all the studies that have been done, you know, the we've had female doctors on talking about why women weren't included in a lot of medical studies. And uh, they thought it, you know, because of their hormones, that it would never be an accurate study and things like that. And so that was, of course, a myth. But um, as soon as I get information, I'm an inquisitive person anyway. So I ask questions all the time. If I don't know the answer, I find someone to give me the answer. And then I want to let everyone else, you know, know about it. Yeah, I love that. I love your your content shares a lot of information beyond fashion. It's about culture. It's about wellness. It's about lifestyle. But let's get into some of the fashion stuff because that's super fun. And, you know, I have a question for you. I just did a big closet clean out in my own home because I, I had home organizing pro Shira Gill on the show several weeks ago. She wrote the book Organized Living. Her first book, Minimalista, was a New York Times bestseller. And, and she helped me. She helped remind me of something that I, I already knew. Getting to midlife means, you know, you have more clarity, you want less stuff, you want fewer, better things. I know that you offer counsel to women on how to build a core wardrobe. I would love um, to talk about what are some of the wardrobe pillars that you think that women should know about. And let's just start with one because we're going to be heading into a break soon. But what would be um, one starting point for building a core wardrobe? The absolute most important part is knowing your body type 
and the colors that work for you. And you might say, oh, I had my colors done, you know, when I was 25. I had my colors done by some woman that was my mother's friend, you know, when I was in college. Our our skin tone changes, our hair color changes, our body changes. So what might have worked for you in the past doesn't work for you anymore. So when you get to midlife, especially, and you still have clothes from when you were a young mom and you still have you know, things that have never fit, but you can't figure out why, but they're nice quality. So you don't want to give them away. Or every day I hear people saying, well, I've gained some weight and then I lost it, but I've gained, you know, all the things that you go through in the process of living a life, but you need to know your body type and you need to know how to accentuate that, how to balance that and how to camouflage areas that you might be a little uncomfortable about. Okay. I love that. I love that. Knowing your body type. We're heading into a break, but when we come back, I want to hear what we do once we've ID'd sort of the the styles that work for us and then how we start building and developing that, that, that core wardrobe. We'll be back in a minute. Allison, we're back from the break. When we went into it, you shared the great tip of really honing in on the, on the colors that work for you today and what your body type is today. So once we've sort of ID'd that, how do we start building a wardrobe that we can use as our core? Well, the mistake that a lot of women uh, make is they see something on someone else. Or, <laughs> I've done that. Know, exactly. Or on Instagram or on Taylor Swift. And they order it. Oh, my gosh. I would love to be able to wear what Taylor Swift wears, but she's probably like six feet taller than I am. So that's not going to work. Exactly. And, you know, blonde, you have blonde hair, too, but um, different coloring. So then the, the, the boxes come, the woman tries on the clothes, none of them work. And she thinks, what is wrong with me? Why can't I make this work? And it's simply because it's not her body type. It's not the right colors for her. It's not even the right neckline for her. So. Once you know those things, that's why it's so important. It doesn't mean you have no style. It just means those aren't pieces that are right for your body type. So once you know those things, that right there makes it much easier to get dressed because you know what kind of jacket or blazer works for you and what to steer away from and things like that. So um, the way I like to to do it is I know you had mentioned, you know, you got all the right hangers and everything. And then the question about do you hang them by outfit or how do you do it? The way I do it is I have one section that is my bottom layer pieces for the top half of my body. That's going to be your silk camisoles, your t-shirts. Don't put your t-shirts in a drawer and, you know, have them all wrinkled up and then pull them out and say, well, here's my t-shirt because it's not going to look nice when you wear it. Treat it like it's a silk shirt and your silk shirt and your white button down, whatever those basic, basic pieces are. I have them in white, I have them in black, and then whatever the neutral is that works for you, which is if you've got cool tones, then you're going to go with like grays and things like that. If you have a warmer and taupe, if you have warmer complexion like I do, that's going to be like um, camel and tan and things like that. So you have, that's your neutrals. And then you go to your pants, which are going to be your blue jeans, a black pant, a neutral, the camel or the gray, whatever. So you have, you know, and obviously that you have, you're probably going to want more than one jean and more than one black pant or whatever it is, depending on your lifestyle. But whatever those pants are, make sure that they're the right pant style for your body type. And then the next area is going to be your third layer pieces. And that can be uh, leather jackets that can be, um, you know, cropped blazers, longer blazers, 
um, V-neck sweaters, you know, car coats, whatever it is, even scarves, whatever it is, it's going to make the shirt and pant into a look. That's your third layer. And then, and this is the very beginning. And then you're going to have shoes in neutrals that go with all of those things too. You don't need a random gray suede booty if you aren't wearing any gray, right? But if you have a lot of gray, you need a gray suede booty because a black booty is going to be too dark at the bottom of a gray flannel pants. So you get those neutral shoes, flats, heels, whatever, some for dressy, some for casual, your sneaker. I love booties because they're comfortable and they look good. And then the same thing with bags, like a, a small clutch, a larger bag, a small clutch, a larger bag in the softer neutral. So you have all of these things and then you have the jewelry and you have the scarves and then you can start adding in a red shoe or you know, a, another blazer that is a red blazer. I keep thinking red because red is, is a huge trend for fall 2023. And it's such a great pop. And then also, of course, you just have your your dresses, your different dresses from casual um, to day to night. But when you set your closet up like that, it's almost like you're shopping at the grocery store. You're like, OK, I'm going to wear this blazer today because I have blank going on. So I'm going to put it with this pant. And then I think I'll use this cami today under it because I know I won't be taking off the blazer. Oh, and I love this necklace that I always wear with this. So you're just walking along your closet, just picking up your pieces, and then you have a full look. You're not scrolling like you do on the computer. You're not ruffling or whatever the word is, raffling <laughs> through your closet looking for your black silk cami or whatever. Yeah, it's you group them together. This makes so much. First of all, you make it sound so easy. And I love when my guests come on and they make things sound simple because I get excited about doing them. And, you know, I, I do a little bit of what you what you shared. Like I've got all my bottoms hanging together. And mm -hmm. um, I do try to group my um, tops by whatever they are, like sweaters are together and the lighter layers are together. But Allison, my question for you, and this is, this is a real um, issue, is that I love color and pattern. And I have so many dresses that um they're they're so colorful and so distinctive and i don't mind re repeating but sometimes i look in my closet i'm like i've got nothing to wear because things don't you know what am i what what's going with this flower dress that <laughs> that i have so do you rec where do you land on patterns i mean is it just easier to ha have a core capsule wardrobe if we are are using solids or, or what what role does pattern play because i i love pattern but i do find sometimes that it makes it harder for me to put outfits together. The core is the foundation. It's the canvas. And then the pattern, the prints, the, the bold color, the pastels, whatever it is with your coloring that looks best, that's like, what do they call it in interior design? The fluffing, fluffing the sofa when they add the different, uh, you know, patterned pillows and things like that in the draperies and everything else. So pattern it also depends on what you're doing that day you know if it's a more serious thing um if you work in a corporate atmosphere i probably wouldn't wear a floral dress for example but um those pieces are very important too they're just the second tier of your wardrobe you start out with this core it doesn't mean that's all you get to wear okay that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. And at one point, I will say I was doing these sort of pattern dresses that I love because it just was 
um, a little bit like hitting the easy button because it's just one thing. You know, you're putting on one dress and you're, you know, in your shoes and you're out the door. And when you have these other items where I'm coming up with a pant and now do I need a belt and do I need a, a blazer and what's going underneath it? It felt like too many decisions. But it's I, I hear what you're saying about making it a mix. Um, where do you land on transitioning uh, into our next season? You and I are recording this during the fall in New York. As you know, the weather has been schizophrenic. It's been truly hot, cold, hot, cold. I feel like on one day, I'm dressing for three different seasons. How do we, is it all about layering? You know, what should we be adding and subtracting at this stage so we, we feel comfortable, but we look seasonally appropriate? Well, first of all, I wanted to say about the dresses. A lot of people say, all I wear is dresses. If dresses look good on you, how great is that? And wear them. You know, don't worry about the fact that it's easy. If if it looks great on you, wear it and be so thrilled that you didn't have to put any more thought into it. <laughs> but, but seriously, but um, as far as the seasonal stuff, it gets a little bit harder a little bit harder the older we get because we have more parameters like, well, I don't want to show my arms. I don't want to wear a cami because if I get hot, I'm going to want to take off my jacket and then I'm, oh, I feel naked and you know, all, all the things. So you really have to go back to those top, especially the top half of your body, finding things that work for you. And these things, these simplest pieces are much harder to find than the other things because it depends on well, I'm a double D, so I can't wear a normal button-down shirt. Or, well, I don't like to show my arms because of this. Or da 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 da. This is the neckline. So you that takes time. You know, it's almost uh, like gathering up the the paintbrushes and the paints to make a painting. Yeah. You can't. So what? What are so, so? What are some good brands for staples? I mean, I know that obviously people have a range of um, budgets, yeah. but what are some? What are some basic brands that really a woman could look to to start to build this sort of core um, wardrobe of, of tops that they can wear under lots of other things? Um, and that's a hard question to answer because of body type again. But also, I would say definitely, especially with the way the climate is now, trench coats are a great investment. I have a black one and I also have like a tan one. Um, and you you end up wearing them almost year round and you can travel with them. You know, they're great. If you're leaving New York, going to San Francisco, got to take your trench coat. I think um, it really depends on obviously budget too. So Kate, K-H-A-I-T is a very big brand right now. Kate Holstein is um, top of the heap right now and she's made an incredible trench coat, but it's super expensive. And then obviously there's Burberry, which you can't beat there again. They have like 5 million different styles. You have to try them on. You want to get one that you can wear over a black dress and heels or a pattern dress and heels and also wear with jeans and a sneaker. So don't get one that's too casual. Um, and then you can go down. Cause has a great one, whatever brand it is that you, that you have gotten before and you like, they probably are making a trench, especially right now. It's really kind of crazy what's in style right now, which are these basic sort of quiet luxury pieces. So everybody's making a trench. Um, and then, you know, it just depends. Workwear, M.M. LaFleur has a good price point. We've been doing things with them lately. Obviously, Max Mara always. Um, if you're more on the fashion end, you know, Bottega Veneta's 
is a big name right now. Always one of my favorites is Yves Saint Laurent. But in real life, um, you know, the middle of the road Veronica Beard is a great brand for everyday kind of casual that doesn't look too much like resort wear if you live in a city and um and where, where to- do you land on because those are all wonderful brands too that you know obviously some of them are more expensive than others you're talking about investment pieces right. where do you land on things like fast fashion you know like because zara or like massimo um i'm forgetting the last name of that but they they they, they 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 have things that look like the higher end labels that are less expensive. Does the quality um, sort of degrade? Is it worth you know doing a high low and mixing our closets up in that way? What's your take on that? We do not recommend fast fashion because there's there's just too much stuff in the world. And also, as someone put it to me a long time ago, if you're buying a shirt for nineteen dollars, somebody really suffered along the way mm-hmm. in the making of. But cause, I recommend cause a lot if you are a... And Allison, uh, how are we spelling that so our listeners can go find it? It's C-O-S. And it is a part of the, um, it's either the Zara or the H&M family. However, and it is a little more expensive, but they are very much invested in sustainability. And what I do also is I don't shop, I mean, I... Personally, I would love to shop Zara because they've just got everyone else beat with their prices, but they're just copying everybody else. I remember when, well, I'm not going to say that. Anyway, um, the fabric, the quality is just not going to last, right? So it's hard to find something price point wise between Zara and Max Mara. And that is what I do for a living every day is try to find brands with high quality pieces that that won't melt when you iron them, but aren't going to cost you, you know, a thousand dollars and up for one dress. So it's really a hard place where, where we are right now because. Everything's gotten either- expensive, right? It's, it's either very, very cheap or it's very, very expensive. I agree. And I love that you called out MM LaFleur. I actually had the pleasure of being in their showroom uh, recently, I was invited by a former guest, Leslie Jane Seymour, who is the former editor of Marie Claire and Moore magazine. And she hosted a conference in the showroom. The clothes are absolutely beautiful. They are very sustainable as well. And they are made, they, they've coined the phrase uh, power casual, which is just a wonderful phrase for saying that, you know, we don't wear, you know, power suits any longer. Our, our lives have become more casual, but we still need to look pulled together. We still need to look like we could show up at work and, and, and f- look and feel our best. And so that's a great that's a great line of, of clothing as well. Thank you for calling that out. Talk to me a yes. little bit about shoes, because you had mentioned that, you know, sometimes you and Delia are in different things. I know that ballet flats are kind of back. I love that because I'm an 80s kid and ballet flats were popular when I was young. And they, they really just I think they're so comfortable. Um, where do you land on these sort of like um, designer sneakers that are everywhere? Do you feel that you can, you know, that we can and should be mixing them into our wardrobes? Are there any ones that you like more than the other? Are you more of like a loafer or a ballet flat uh, person for flat shoes? Yeah, I'm definitely more of a loafer or a ballet flat. Uh, I wish I were. I have one or two pair of sneakers, but that's just not me. And it's really not Delia either. So what we do, and obviously I work with a lot of people um, 
who are, you're younger than I am, but are, you know, over the age of 40. And also I work with, you know, their kids too. So, and I work with grandmothers. I work with all different ages, but everyone is, they wear these shoes and they go, well, you know, everyone has some problem with their feet now. So my goal is you can still be stylish and be comfortable with your shoes. So for example, we've just done um, a campaign with a brand, a new shoe brand called Ally, A-L-L-Y. And it's it's a similar story to um, to other brands that have come before her. She was a, a businesswoman and her feet hurt all the time. So she quit her job, just like Sarah LaFleur quit her job, her business job too. And they wanted to fill the void that they saw. So Ally Shoes um, and Sarah Flint Shoes too. There are several brands, Marion Park, you know, there, there are more and more brands um, that are working with orthopedists and, you know, scientists and engineers to figure out how we can still wear beautiful shoes. That don't you know, punish also- your feet. Exactly. I love that. And I also like the brand Margo, M-A-R-G-A-U-X. Their, their ballet flats have like a little bit of padding inside and they've they've got um, different sort of straps where you can sort of pull and tighten things and they're actually super comfortable. I love that. So so catch us yeah. up a little bit. I know that, you know, we get to make our own rules in midlife, right? We are no longer being told what to do. We, we get to decide what we're up to. Um, but, you know, and sometimes fashion can feel very whimsical and, we, you know, sometimes we're up for that. We, you know, we want to be whimsical. We want to wear whatever is trendy, but sometimes we also just don't care. We want to wear what's comfortable. What What is new on, you mentioned red being a hot color for fall. What are some things that we should be knowing about if we do care to know what's, what's you know, hot for, for um, fall fashion? What should we be adding to our closet that we might not have? Right. Well, some of the things um, make me smile because we probably all have had them or still have them in our closet. Like prep is back. So there are your ballet flats and cardigans and, you know, uh, cable knit sweaters and button downs and jeans and stuff like that. Also quiet luxury. That just means cashmere sweaters, which we have a lot of. Um, and also their metallic is a trend, but you can wear it as a, a sweater under a blazer or a cute metallic um, ballet flat or something like that. If you want to to try that trend out, bold colors are having a moment. So really what I do a lot of times is we put out the fall trend report and then I put out another one that says for women over 40, how I would wear something if it's a trend that I like, but I'm not going to wear cutouts, for example. Right. You know, it's so funny you mentioned cutouts because I cutouts were everywhere for, for sort of summer dresses. And I tried a few and I'm like, this is hard for me. But I did wind up finding this a beautiful white linen dress from an Australian brand called Dish that has very, very tiny cutouts on the side, which I wore. And then I found one um, when I was in Costa Rica last fall. Um for you know, on a holiday, I found this beautiful white dress, and I bought the cutouts, and I shared it with my daughter, and it's like a little bit more than I almost feel like I felt entirely comfortable with it, but I wanted to kind of embrace it. So you can, you can, um, you know, you can share things with your kids, and you can incorporate them in small ways. I love that you said metallics are back. I actually have a pair of silver ballet flats sitting in a shopping cart on a website, and you're making me want to like run out and hit, um, you know, purchase because. <laughs> Uh, I think that's a fun way of incorporating it. What what should we be taking out of our closet? Like, has something just been done to death that we we could um, 
table for a while and and take a break from? Well, first of all, absolutely wear the cutouts. You know, you're not going to wear something where your whole, you know, belly button is showing or whatever, but the cutouts. I am certainly not. (laughs) That is for sure. You know what I'm saying? Cutouts tastefully done like on the sides or in the back or something. That's so much fun, you know, and that's a part of like, we can still, we can still wear that. Why not? We're still, we're still, you know, yeah, we're still course. here. Right. But it's, um, and then as far as taking things out, since I don't, trends are fun, makes you feel modern and fresh, but trends, you know, we're kind of trendless, like we're ageless. And I think that if it's in your closet and it fits well. And it, it makes you happy. Your- right. Okay. However. Good. However, if it is a nice dress and you're keeping it in there because you paid a lot of money for it and it still fits and you can't make a reason to get rid of it, ask yourself when you go out to dinner, will you ever grab it? Yeah, Do you see great, what I'm saying? Yeah, that's if a great question because that all that stuff that you're never going to wear needs to go because, by the way, it can make somebody else happy. There are a lot of ways to donate or sell or, you know, move merchandise out of your closet into somebody else's who might really benefit from it. So I love that. All right, let's switch gears because we're nearing the end of our of our time together, Allison. But I do want to cover, you know, what are we wearing in this virtual world? We have, you know, I do a lot of my own work on Zoom. And I uh, I know that a lot of people are doing that as well. Um, people are also, you know, interviewing virtually for jobs. There's a lot of time, even if they're going to be in an office, quite often they're doing virtual interviews. How do we show up on camera uh, in a way? Are we thinking about color? Should it be, you know, are, are patterns too busy for this? Catch us up on what we should know about appearing our best on Zoom. Well, what I would do if Zoom is in your life, first of all, is take some quiet time and set up your scene. Make sure that what is behind your head is sending the message that you want to send because you know they're going to be looking at it just like we have spent two years now looking at the news reporters in their downstairs den, you know, at their houses and things like that. People are fascinated about what's behind you. And let's say you're a lawyer. There are certain things you might not, you know, want behind you or if you are uh you know, whatever it is, you, you, you need to be in control of your scene, what is behind you, what is around you and lighting is super important. And there are YouTube videos about how to set up lighting for zoom. The other thing I would say about personal appearance is don't wear anything that's distracting. So that means if you're wearing multiple bangles on your arm, you think it doesn't matter because they can't see it. They're going to hear it going to be making uh like you know that's great advice great advice pollution and then you know nothing too dramatic oversized earrings busy 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 patterns people are trying to look at your face and that is like uh it's called um there's a word for it i can't think of what it is right this minute but it means that it's like your face is this nice smooth thing and then there's this this busy shirt going on underneath and the person's brain that's looking at the zoom is is fighting the two uh you know disparate parts or whatever of um of the picture that they're seeing there is also a filter on if you have uh like a mac a mac laptop that 
uh, my daughter showed me how to do it. I don't know how to do it myself, but you can go on there and you can put this sort of soft focus filter, which makes, makes you look nice on zoom too. So that's, that's, that's a good a ad. And is there, a, is there a color that always works well on camera that people should, I know everyone's got different skin tones and skin hair, you know, hair color, but are there one or two colors that we should consider making sure we have for our zoom appearances? I would probably wear a color that I know looks good on me. I would wear um, blue looks is a universal color. I would probably steer away from black. It's a little bit different than it is like on TV when you're going to make a TV appearance. But um, navy blue, royal blue, red, they're different reds for your personal skin tone. But those are some colors that I would recommend. All right. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Allison. We are going to be moving into our speed round. This is a very fun way to end, which is quick one to two word answers. Um, so let's go do this. You ready? Sure. All right. Launching the style that binds us was? Amazing. I can wear this wardrobe superhero again and again. Black blazer. This clothing item is worth a splurge. Trench coat. Save your money. This clothing item can be purchased very inexpensively. Anything white, white t-shirt, white blouse, because they stain, you know. Smart, smart. Um, okay, um, sneakers or flats? Flats. Jeans or trousers? Both. Prints or solids? That's hard. Solids, but prints that have a medium-sized print. I don't do micro prints. Okay. Oh, that's smart. I love that. Okay. Scared of color? Try this shade, which looks great on everybody. Navy. Womp womp. I bought this hot item and never wear it. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Well, that's good news because you are picking carefully then. I love it. All right. Last item I borrowed from my daughter. Well, we share everything. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> so this is my next question. You might have already answered it. When this item is missing, I know it's in my daughter's closet. Chanel slingbacks. Ah, I love it. I, I'm going to say when I, that white cutout dress that I was referring to earlier was missing, I know it's in Grace's closet because she actually wore it to her 23rd birthday. So I know I picked well. All right. Finally, <laughs> your one word answer to complete the sentence. As I age, I feel... Proud. I love it. I love it. I feel proud too. Allison, thank you so much. This was super fun. I really enjoy connecting with you. I've, I've uh, loved following your work on Instagram and I subscribe to your digital uh, magazine that you and your daughter create. And it was really a treat to spend time with you. Uh, so before we say goodbye, though, how can our listeners find you and your daughter, your magazine, and spend time with you and all of your fashion and style advice? Well, first of all, I want to thank you so much for having me, and I love everything that you're doing as well. You can find everything we're doing. Our website is our hub, thestylethatbindsus.com, and we also we have an event list. We have um, in-person events in New York City and things like that, so you can sign up for that. The newsletter, everything you need, styling um, components and everything, it's all right there on The Style That Binds Us. Thank you so much, Allison. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women who are aging without apology. 
Want more of a certain age? This fall, we are going to have live events. That's right, we're getting out of the podcast booth and into the real world, and we want you to come hang out with us. Stay in the loop by signing up for our newsletter, Age Boldly, over on our website, acertainagepod.com. And before I say goodbye, a quick favor. I would love it if you could take five minutes to write an Apple podcast review. You can share something you learned on today's show or on a previous episode, or simply share why you tune in and make a certain age part of your week. Apple podcast reviews really help the show grow. Special thanks to Michael Mancini, who composed and produced our theme music. See you next time. And until then, age boldly, beauties. Beauties.